Well, hello and welcome back to Moments with Moni. I'm so glad you're here where you can find practical help for the heart and home as we ponder life from a biblical perspective, as well as a weekly digital dose of discipling to help equip us to be better effective in the opportunities that God places before us to further his kingdom. Well, hello and welcome back to Moments with Moni. This is episode number 155. Not only is Moni a wonderful Bible teacher, but she has also made beautiful quilts. Back in July of 2020, I had the opportunity to interview Moni on my podcast, A Quilter's Life, where I get to interview the amazing people behind the beautiful quilts. If you would like to hear more about Moni's life, you can listen to her episode on A Quilter's Life, either on my website, aquilterslife.com, there's no spaces or apostrophe in the web address, or on your favorite podcast player. Also, if you're a quilter or know someone that is, please contact me, Paula Chamberlain, at aquilterslife.com. I'd love to hear your story. We had an opportunity to build our home and help with that build. And while we were doing it, it seemed to be going so slow. Every time we came to look, it didn't look like there was anything done. The foundation took forever to be put in. But it's good that they took care in putting it in properly. And I think that's the same thing here with Ephesians. I know we're going a little slow. It's been a few weeks and we've made it through verse 4. But Paul lays a firm foundation at the beginning of this book with so many terms that are thrown out there so quickly and one on top of each other. So it's important to stop and take a look at them. Like I said last week, this is at the speed of Paul, but it will help if we stop and look at these things closely. So verse 5, we'll start there again today. In love he, God, predestinated us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace in which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he has lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight. Did you hear any terms there that you've heard thrown around in your lifetime or even just reading through the Bible yourself? Which I hope you've had an opportunity to do as we go through this book. In just a few verses, Paul talks about the election of the chosen, the predestination, the adoption, acceptance in the beloved, and redemption. Let's just take this one thing at a time. Have you ever been to a parade? I know when I was a child, I would go to the Hollywood parade. It was a Christmas parade, and we would wait and wait for the parade to begin. I would be up on my uncle's shoulders and up above the crowd so that I could see farther down and holler, they're coming, they're coming. Then soon, the parade would be in front of us, and they would be passing by. And soon, at the very end, 
Santa Claus would finally be there, throwing, all of his elves would be throwing candy. And then he would leave, and you'd see him way down at the end of the street, at the end of the parade. Perspective is everything. Since God is outside of time, he sees the entire parade from up above, from his viewpoint. When we are looking straight ahead, we just see a portion of the parade, either the beginning, the middle, or the end. It's not a perfect analogy, but it helps us understand the difference between our perspective and God's perspective. Because of God's foreknowledge of events in our realm of time, he sees them as finished. And because of our limited knowledge of the present, we cannot see the future of a decision such as accepting Jesus until we have walked forward in faith. There are some that believe that God has already chosen those that would be saved, such as person A, B, or C, chosen before the foundation of the world to be saved. But God is no respecter of persons. No one is good except for God. We are not puppets. God has given us free will to choose or not to choose life in him. But because of his foreknowledge of those who would choose him, he knows who are the chosen ones. Romans 8 verses 28 and 29 say, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed into the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And verse 30 goes on to say, And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. Remember, God sees the whole picture already finished. Imagine a banner above the entrance of an auditorium that says predestined, but we don't know if we should go through that or not. In our lifetime, we struggle. Are we predestined or aren't we predestined? Do we belong at this auditorium or not? But in faith, if you walk through that doorway and then turn around and see the banner on the inside, it will say, the chosen ones. Because God already knows who those are. If we have faith in the finished work of Jesus on the cross, we, we being Jews and or Gentile believers, we are sons and daughters. We are children of God. Remember the picture I used uh, recently about the overview of Ephesians, when I was talking about the different tribes in Asia Minor that Rome would conquer? Well, a Roman family would adopt one of the families of this conquered city, and they would vet these people, and they would become heirs with an inheritance, sealed, and learn how to conduct themselves as Romans just as in the way we are chosen and adopted into God's family, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. We are given an inheritance, and we learn to be pleasing to God. We preserve the unity of the body of Christ. We surrender and submit ourselves to Jesus and to those in authority above us. 
and we do it all willingly. Okay, we've covered election or the chosen, predestination and adoption, and now acceptance. With God, through Jesus, we are accepted in the Beloved, which is Jesus, to the praise and glory of His grace. God loves His people for the sake of His Beloved. Have you ever walked into a church and not felt accepted? Yeah, it happens. I remember when my husband and I went to a church when we were first married, and we had only been there a few weeks. I remember the pastor on the second week saying, now I want everybody to say hello to someone else in the room. And even if this is just your second week, I need you to turn around and say hello to someone because it may be their first week there, and you want to make them feel welcome and accepted. Doesn't it feel good to know that you are accepted in Jesus? You're accepted in the Beloved. That's only written in two places in the Bible. Once right here, talking about you and I, believers that have believed on the finished work of the cross, and the other is spoken of Mary, the mother of Jesus, as being highly favored and accepted in the Beloved. When times get tough, and they do, remember, you're accepted in the Beloved. You are in Christ, in Him, and no one can snatch you out of His hand, no matter what this world looks like or does to you. Which brings us to redemption, the forgiveness of our sins through the blood of Jesus. All of our spiritual blessings flow down to us through the stream. We have been bought with a price, the precious blood of Jesus. Yes, it's a free gift. All we have to do is accept it, but it cost Jesus everything. All of this was a reminder to the Ephesians. Remember, they were only six years old in Christ. How old are you in Jesus? If you don't know him and you want to know him, you have questions, please send me an email. Let's talk. All of these spiritual blessings are for the chosen ones. Remember, the chosen are those who have decided to accept salvation from God. And because of his foreknowledge, he knows our decision before we even make it. God is a gentleman. He will not force you to accept his free gift. All this news came from Paul in this letter. Paul was an apostle of Jesus Christ, sent by God, by the will of God. An apostle is one that actually saw Jesus Christ when he was on this earth. So when I hear someone tell me that they're an apostle, I look at them and think, boy, you look pretty good for your age. Like I said, Paul's calling was to be an apostle. What's your calling in the family of Christ? If you enjoy what you're hearing here on the podcast, I invite you to share it with a friend. I also invite you to go to the blog at momentswithmoni.com where you can buy me a coffee or support me through a monthly membership. Just hit the big yellow button on the blog. Thanks again for listening to Moments with Moni.